we're living in a world that is discouraging, right? Is everything that's happening in the world totally encouraging to you? You would say no, that it is not. Uh, and everywhere we turn, we see despair. We see problems that are only more complicated by the methods that are used to try to solve them. You know what I'm talking about. Right is called wrong. Wrong is called right. Good is called bad. Bad is called good. But mankind is trying to figure out how to live life without God. If God's mentioned, He gets the blame for the things that are going on and the way things are. And if you're like me, these things wear on us. Um, what are we supposed to do? Well, we have an answer, and it's the one who's called Jesus. The very one who's our Creator and our Savior. And today's message is to remind you and me uh, what's going to bring us through the times we're living in, okay? So let's take a moment and ask God to speak to us through His Word. Okay, like He promises. And to give us comfort as we're just living one day at a time trying to make sense of the things that are happening in this world around us. So pray with me. Um, Father, as we come this morning, God, what we are asking You is You know what each person here needs. All of us, Lord. We're, we're asking for You to speak to us through Your Word. Bring us peace and comfort and then also, God, if there's people that are here today that are trying to figure out uh, who you are and, and what you have done and who your son Jesus is and, and if your word is trustworthy and, and things about what is it like to have your spirit helping us, Lord, that, that they will find the answers that they need. Use your people, the church family, to help those, Lord, as we come together. So that's our prayer, and we're asking all these things in the precious name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. When we're looking for direction in life, we always, and I, let me say that again, when we're looking for direction in life, we always can find the answers in God's Word. Okay? Uh, and when we find a relationship with Jesus, the Spirit of God brings His Word to life to us. It, it comes alive and it's active. We can trust His Word and the direction it provides for us not only now, but forever. His Word is going to continue into eternity. But the books of First and Second Peter are filled with so much direction for us. Uh, in things that apply to us today, they could have writ been written today, the application that we see there, but it was written 2,000 years ago. Uh, in fact, my English Standard Version Bible, which is also the ones that are under the chairs here in the auditorium, but uh, their, their website with their scholars says the dates in the book uh, for the books of First and Second Peter are 62 to 67 A.D. after Jesus' death. So that's the dating. But the application today is amazing in what we find in these books. So 
Take your Bible and in the New Testament, turn to 1 Peter. We're going to look in the first chapter of 1 Peter, verses 3 through 12. So if you don't have a Bible, grab one from under the chair around you there and look at this, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse starting verse 3, okay? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the, resu- or, excuse me, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring uh, what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating. Then he predicted the suffering, or when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the subsequent glories, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Here we read the words of Peter to remind us of our hope and our inheritance of imperishable and eternal blessings that are kept in heaven for those who trust in God and the salvation that comes through His Son, Jesus. In verses 6 and 7, we're reminded that we will have trials, various trials, to test our faith. Have you ever been tested in your faith by trials? Yeah. If you're, if you're not sure, just hang on. It will come. Uh, it'll come, just guarantee you that. But uh, um, as I was studying, I come across this, and Charles Swindoll, um, many of you know who he is, you uh, hear him on Christian radio, but he has this to say, and it is, it is so good. So this is a quote from him. He says, How do we react when suffering comes? Many crumble at the mere thought of another pain or trial. Others rise to the occasion. Most of all, uh, or most of us are probably somewhat in between. Peter's encouragement is to his Christian readers and is one of perseverance in faith. It isn't enough for us to simply get up every morning and trudge through each day. Neither is it advisable to paste a smile on our faces and ignore troubles. Instead, the lesson of 1 Peter is to push through the troubles, recognizing their temporary presence in our lives 
while walking in holiness and hope as a people of faith. So press on. It is in the darkest times that our collective light shines brightest. That's what Chuck Swindoll has to say. That's powerful words and it it parallels exactly what God's Word tells us, doesn't it? Then in what we read in 1 Peter here, I I love the last three verses uh, that we read that give us a very clear picture from Peter uh, by explaining how the prophets were talking and writing about Jesus. But they didn't understand all the things to come. They were prophesying and writing and, and God's Spirit put these things on their heart. And they were, in the Old Testament times, they were, they were bringing the story of Jesus. They just didn't understand exactly how that was going to work out. It hadn't happened yet. And they trusted God and brought us the good news even though they didn't get to hear that story until later themselves. But wow, Peter was saying they're now, they're not ser- they were not serving themselves but us in the message that they had. You see why the Old Testament's important and how uh, all of God's Word comes together perfectly? Even the angels were looking on and waiting to see what was going to happen as God revealed His plan to rescue us with His Son, Jesus. Um, That's what we call the story of Jesus. It goes through the Old Testament and into the New Testament and, and we can read about that and know it and understand it. But as we read down farther in chapter uh, 1 verses 13 through 16. So just look down at verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as uh, be called but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Um, the passions that uh, are being talked about here and the things of the world, well, God called us out to be holy. And I would, I would say that uh, um, I'm not the only person but I would sure be the first person to say I'm, I'm not holy in myself. You guys know that, the ones of you that know me. But God has called me to live a life of holiness. And guess what? Jesus fills in the gap between where we fall short. He fills up the gap and pushes us over the top. Isn't that neat? We, we as, his children, as God's children, become holy because He is holy and His Son has saved us and rescued us. That's, uh, that's good, good stuff there. And then now, just look over into chapter 2 of Peter there and, and think of the thought of stay away from the passions of flesh. We're going to come around uh, or come through those words as we go along. So for, or, or chapter 2, verse 11 start there. 
Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So here Peter gives us some pointers to stay away from the passions of the flesh. And we live in a world that tells us the passions of the flesh are okay and we need to take part in the things of the world that are contrary to what the Bible tells us. You know what I'm talking about. It's a battle between the things of God and the things that the devil would have us to do. That's a very real battle. Because if you, and, and I'm thinking if you're like me, the things of the world around us can drag us down, can it? Yeah, it can. Do you ever get mad at the things other people do? Never. And the way they think about things? Am I, am I the only one? I hear you laughing. Are you feeling sorry for me? Or do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think you know what I'm saying. But let's just for the sake of argument, and I know this is stretching things, but for the sake of argument, let's uh, use politicians, for example. Okay? And uh, right now, that's a very real thing in our minds. And I can't accept much of what is being brought into society by these people who think that I should follow them. But I must remember that if they don't have Jesus in their hearts, the ignorance of the world seems to make sense. And see, and that's what we forget. So my responsibility is to take opportunity to tell others what Jesus has done and how he changes our lives and let Jesus change the hearts and minds of those who are blinded by the schemes of the devil. And this applies across political lines, certainly, doesn't it? Works on both sides of the fence. I know I scared you guys because you thought, oh no, he's going to start talking about politics. <clears throat> I, I might be dumb, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> okay. But anyway, that's uh, where we once were before we believed and placed our lives into the care of Jesus and the things of His Father. God's Spirit changes us. So what are we to do? How can we help others if they don't know about Jesus? And in Second Peter, look in... Uh, uh, Chapter 1, just flip over to Second Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verses 3 through 15. I like to hear the Bible pages turning there. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. 
For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it is right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by the way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. Peter gives us a good indication of what we should be doing, right? Um, he mentions in verse 4, escaping the corruption and sinful desires of the world. We've mentioned that and how that works, but he goes on to tell us how to supplement our faith with virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. Wow, that's a good list of personal character qualities, isn't it? God will help us with these if we ask Him and look to Him for direction. You see, if we have these qualities, we can help people that we meet in life if we have these things that Peter's talking about. These are characteristics of a person who has been changed by their relationship with Jesus, and it's evident to people that we're living with and doing life with. Um, Peter says it's our calling. You want to know what your calling is as a follower? In uh, uh, Look back at verse 10 there. says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Our calling is to have these type of qualities that Peter is talking about and to talk to others about Jesus. Um, interesting, too, that Peter, I'll just mention that in the last, uh, in verses 13, 14, and 15 there, he talks about uh, wanting to, Peter's wanting to remind us of these things because the Lord had told him that his days were numbered and he wasn't going to be around much longer. And that's what Peter talks about. Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. So Peter understood he was going to be leaving this world and, and going into the heavenly realms. And he says, I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. Now, isn't that interesting? Because it's 2,000 years later and I'm reading what Peter said. Because we have what God inspired Peter to say in the Word of God here. And uh, Peter is reminding us through his writing and through God's preservation of his word. Today, he's reminding us of the things that applied then and they apply to us today 
You know, it, it would be easy to think that even more so in today's world, but between Jesus' time and our time, there's been many times through society where I'm sure each society would say, we have it worse than anybody's ever had it. That's easy to say. But the fact of the matter is, is sin has broken the world that we live in. Thankfully, we have the Lord to help us. But in conclusion, I want to wrap up with what Peter uh, writes about. Let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 13 through 17. It says, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who ask you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. If we suffer for what is doing right, that's okay. We'll be blessed tells us here that we would be blessed for suffering for the right things. But we need to be prepared, too, to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. We can do this because we can tell people the story of Jesus by telling them what He has done for us. So in other words, I can tell you what He has done for me. You can tell me what He has done for you. That's where we can help each other. And it's not complicated to tell another person something good that has happened to us because it's our story. We all tell stories. Um, Turn in your Bibles to Luke. We're going to look at a Scripture here in Luke in chapter 8 and verse 26. Here's a story that is going to tell us just exactly what we're talking about, okay? So, so listen to this. Then they sailed to the country of the uh, Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes and he had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and he fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him and he was kept under garden, bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. 
Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country, uh, the Gerasenes, had asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with a great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, now listen what Jesus says, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the city, or throughout the whole city, how much Jesus had done for him. Can you imagine this, this man that was plum crazy, I guess you would say for a term, plum crazy. Uh, everybody in that area knew about this man, lived among the tombs, run around naked with these demons tormenting him, and they couldn't even chain him up and tie him up and keep him from pestering people. He could break those with a supernatural strength that he had, so everybody was terrified of him. And then... Uh, Wow, he meets up with Jesus. Huh. Yeah. And then he wanted to hang out with Jesus. Can't blame the guy. Would you, I mean, wouldn't you? I, I mean, I'd want to just say, okay, man, thank you for helping me. I, I, I'm going to be your right-hand man. Whatever you need to do, you know, uh, I'll do it. But Jesus tells the man, Go into the city and tell everybody what God has done for you. Okay? This guy wasn't, obviously wasn't born into the ministry, was he? I mean, he was somebody that everybody in society was afraid of, scared to death of, and talked about and stuff. And, but he came into contact with Jesus and look what happened. Same thing for us. We can have a story about what Jesus has done for us. And that's how we can help each other because your story to somebody that knows you and sees the change that comes through Jesus and what he has done for you changes other people. Um, you know, we all have seen people that get involved in fads, right? I used to let my hair grow way out. And... Uh, stuff and it was long and curly and stuff that was just a fad but now I've changed but uh, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about though really uh, we we have these fads in life that are for a time but when people find a relationship with Jesus it sticks it sticks with us and then people have to start dealing with over time that hey this isn't just a fad. This isn't going away. My friend, my dad, my mom, my cousin, uncle, co-worker, whatever the story has changed and there's something different about them and I need to know about that too. That's the story of Jesus. That's the story that that man that was healed from 
demon possession could tell in the city. He could say, well, I can just tell you I met somebody and his name was Jesus and here's what happened. And then look at me now. I got my clothes on. I can carry on a conversation with you and you don't have to be afraid of me. Wow, he had a good story. So, my challenge to you today is to ask God to help your faith with virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly love, and love for each other. It comes from Him. We can tell others the story of what He has done for us. Jesus cleansed us from our sins and He set us free. As the worship team comes, we have an opportunity for you to pray. John is going to be over at this door when we're singing, but uh, you can come up here and he'll pair you up with uh, somebody to pray. And then also, you might want to just pray along, have somebody pray alongside of you for a family member, a friend, coworker, whatever that you're concerned about and um, ask God about that. This is an opportunity. You might have some questions about baptism, membership, or some different things of what we do or don't do at Libby Christian Church. Come over here and get with somebody that uh, we can pair you up with to answer those questions. So uh, as we think about those things, stand up and let's have a prayer and then we'll have our song. Father, as uh, we come today, God, we are... We are so thankful and so blessed. You have brought us out of the darkness into the light. And uh, the story of Jesus through the ages has, has changed things for all of eternity. And we can rest in the assurance of all the things that you tell us in your word will come through because Jesus is alive. And thank you for uh, our church family. Thank you for your word that gives us guidance and direction. We think of what Peter wrote a couple thousand years ago and we could read today and it, it just totally uh, has application to how our lives are today. So God, uh, um, hear our prayers and, and answer our questions because you are awesome and mighty. And we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.